Hey, today on the show, we have some fun talking about football, cheerleading, and bullying all in one tidy package. Yeah, then we get really football-y as we bring in Lon to discuss happenings in the NFL, especially with Aaron Rodgers, Justin Fields, and HBO's Hard Knocks. And then the news as we finally get some plant-based stuff in there with some help from Sarah, the consummate pro. But first, let me tell you about Next Wave. Yeah, Next Wave Services is a website design company that provides high-quality website design and maintenance work for businesses at a flat rate. Next Wave was born from the idea that everybody needs access to seamless, reliable, and professional website design and maintenance service on a consistent basis. Next Wave believes that their excellent track record of repeat business is proof of their commitment to delivering first-class service all of the time. Get a free website consultation when you check them out online at nextwaveservices.com. Founded way back in 1998, which is as old as the internet itself, it's Next Wave Services. It's time now for the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, your daily deep dive into sports, pop culture, beer, and food, all with a plant-based spin. I'm Dee, and along with news anchor Sarah Carlson, producer Eric Rogers, and the rest, here's a man who always has a plant-based plan before leaving the house, Rich Reynolds. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the end of the week edition of the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. What is up? My name is Rich Reynolds, along with Sarah Carlson and Eric Rogers. We are the dream team that brings you this fine, fine podcast on a daily basis. Sarah, fresh off of a day full of football for her son and her daughter cheering on the sidelines. And Eric Rogers, it does track and field, now that's a spring thing. Around Wisconsin, That's a right? Thing. I yeah. am not coaching in the fall, so I'm uh, I'm busy enough as it is, though. So we're good. So, so do they have track, or is it just cross country in the fall? No, well, we have cross country in the fall. Yeah, the track is in the spring. All right, uh, and um, yeah, they're they're staffed up for cross country. We're you good. can find him at Eric Rogers Brand all over social media. Sarah is at News Sarah. I am at RMEP Rich. Find us there, and also go to the website RealMenEplants.com. There you can donate to both the show and a Paul's party. And oh, by the way, make sure you hit that subscribe button right now so you know when the podcast is coming out because it'll come out at odd times depending on when we do the show like today we're doing it in the morning rather in our than our normal afternoon session so we got lots of stories i guess from last night that we were talking about off the air and that we should have probably have been recording and had it on the air but i do want to bring some of that up because we were talking about like cheerleading and high school football and then college cheerleading and all of that. And Sarah has like a double whammy going on. So explain how you have to sit through six hours of football, Sarah. Well, normally it wouldn't be in one night, but I do have a son who's a sophomore on JV and they played yesterday at four o'clock and then varsity played right after. So I had a little bit of a transition. I think I had a nasty piece of, cold pizza, but <laughs> uh, varsity played the same opening night. Normally varsity would be Friday. I'm still going to sit through that much football uh, this fall, but it will be Thursday and Friday last night. I don't know. Somehow oh, that just boy. sucked the life out of me. <laughs> I bet that's a, that's a long day, you know, to be at yeah. the uh, stadium and to be out there. And, you know, you were talking about your daughter. So doing cheerleading and it kind of morphed into, cause I asked you, are you a cheerleader or were you a cheerleader? And you were on the dance team. Okay. You know what's funny? <clears throat> and I didn't tell you this part off air. So I, okay. I'm glad I saved it. Good. I'm I was glad you saved something. Team. It was a good yeah, conversation well, the off the air. <laughs> I was on the dance team in high school. Sorry, y'all missed it. Yeah. Yeah. I was on the dance team in high school, and I was also just a dancer since, you know, little girl. And I, at the UW-Madison, where I Mm -hmm. graduated from, I had a friend encourage me to take ballet and dance as electives. And I did because they were fun. I loved it. It was easy to get a good grade on that. And she was on the UW dance team, which if you go to a Badger game, they are two different 
sections there. Um, they're they're the on the cheerleaders. Th- and, and so everybody's clear. Cheerleaders are the ones with pom-poms that are on the sidelines doing that kind of stuff, right? Like, give me an well, A, give me a, an F. Correct. They're cheering okay. vocally. But, you know, the dance team can have poms and do at times, but they just okay. they don't ever yell, I don't right. think. Okay. Anyway, so she there's finally the, talked me into yeah. trying out for the UW-Madison dance team my junior year because she had been trying and I've been saying, no, I don't want to. And I tried out and made it. Wow. So I was on the team. Well, don't give me the wow yet. (laughs) I was on the team and they were traveling for, I think, an opening game out to the East Coast. And we'd had camp the weekend before and I was new and a senior. And let's just say women, girls don't like the new senior when they've been doing it a couple years and working their way toward this. Well, I don't so, think now, hold on, I don't think girls are very welcoming of other girls anyway, no. right? Yeah. Well, no, just... sometimes at that at that kind of level in a sport, they were really working their butts off and I got awards at the camp. So they really hmm. didn't like me. And I got a <laughs> phone call. I got a phone call from the coach that I wasn't going to be going to that opening game wow. and I wouldn't be performing. Wow. Something I, I don't remember what she made up, but I remember being smart enough to go, you know what? I'm really, really sorry, but I'm just not going to be able to be on the team. Um, that is so, yeah. just straight caddy. I was, it was crazy. I was on the team for the summer where there was a really strict workout, you know, regiment. I practiced, got to know him a little and then went, there's that little finger that came that way. I have a but, hard uh, time. <laughs> that's that's the thing, though. Like you know, you you oh, spend yeah. all the time and put in the work, and then you know, if you if the relationship is just not good, what are you going to do? It was it's the like- captains, I believe, who did not like me, and I don't know if they listen or they'll come through, and I do not care because it's been so long, twenty five years ago. Right. I couldn't even name them now, but they hated my guts, and then I won an award, and then they hated me more, and the coach must have let that happen. I find me in my place. Yeah, I I actually find the the politics of girls and women to be fascinating. Now, now hear me out on this. And again, I'm speaking in generalities, but I'm talking about like life experience, stuff like that. Here's a, a key difference, I think, a lot of times between boys and girls. So, Eric, say you and I are out there. We're playing with some other guys. We're playing three on three basketball. All right. We're going half court. And some Naturally other, make the game-winning shot, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course you do. And and so another guy shows up. He's just one more guy, and he wants to play. Well, obviously you can't play four on three or three. You know, so what we would end up doing is like, all right, dude, and then we'll just play 21. We'll just stop the three-on-three game, and we'll play 21. And I don't know if you ever played 21, but it's like a, a massive yeah. free-for-all, basically, you know, trying to score points. But guys just morph into that it's fine another guy comes all right we'll just switch the game come on in nobody cares it's it's all right okay and even if it's a really good guy so like you were really good at dance and now you're disrupting their um, you know flow for an, another guy it's like okay come on in man we'll all try to stop you you know i mean it, it's a different level now girls on the other hand and i've seen this play out with my daughter They'll be playing maybe one-on-one or there's three girls playing together. And now a fourth girl enters the mix or a third girl, a new girl enters the mix. The dynamic changes completely. And then there's all this talk about she's trying to steal my friend. I've heard this a lot of times. <laughs> I, I, have you heard? My, I asked my wife what, about this. What, I said, what is the insecurity? Yeah, oh, I, I asked like, my you're wife. You're right. I have heard that. You've heard it, right? That I, yeah. I've asked my wife. I said, is this real? I mean, do, do, do girls, because I hear this a lot about she's trying to steal my friend. My wife says, that's because girls do try to steal each other's friends. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And Sarah makes like That's because they all want to make out with each other. You went from sports to friends. The, the girls can be very complicated. And I think between yeah. the ages of 11 and what was I at the time, 20? One that, although I got to tell you in college, by then I was, I, and I know all my friends were much more mature than that. So when it happened, it was sort of like, I wanted to say and felt, what are we in high school? Cause yeah. that is a much more mm-hmm. immature approach. 
but I the was girls- somehow pissing them off because I was better and I yeah. was their age and I was new. So I do, I shouldn't have the right to perform at this big opening game. Well, okay. If that's how you're going to treat me now, I do not want to be part of this. It was a lot of work. And do you see the level of bullying that's going on with that? I mean, girls actually, and, and, and the bullying girls do is way different to them, like the bullying that guys do. So as a guy, if you're going to bully another guy, it's usually physical. You know, it's usually, you know, you're, you're punching him or holding him down. You're going to give him a wedgie or something. It's some kind of physical nature. Girls will actually go to like deep, long plans on how they're going to bully another girl. Because they're mental terrorists. It's, it's amazing. I, I, I'm always hey, fascinated. Hey, careful there. No, I'm, just, <laughs> I, I'm seriously fascinated by it because even I, I talked to my daughter about it and, and the bullying that they face. So she's like, yeah, we have a bully in school. And then what she does is she'll start a rumor that somebody was slutty. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you're, you're 14. You know, like what the hell is going? on this is what they do to each other and then these reputations happen and there's all this extra drama going on i'm like how the hell did this happen because with guys seriously it's like okay dude i'm going to give you a swirly or something like that or you know and well, then they even do been... swirlies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have boys you ever watched a cartoon show dog they had i don't know swirly. that <laughs> yeah. my girl has had bullies like that oh i would think thing. i would think uh. i think bullying is is rampant Oh, no, I know it is, but the what am I trying to say? What happens with girls is, you know, the stealing of the friends thing is very real. So I think <laughs> that, and You've I mean. I've never heard a guy say that once. There's, I don't think there's ever been a man alive, and maybe we'll go with cisgendered male, that has said, he's trying to steal my friend. <laughs> and that, to me, never. is. The bully. There's no the bullying isn't like you, you're talking about starting a rumor that I imagine can happen now too, especially with Snapchat, yada yada. But if you really want to hurt someone, you're going after her best friend, I guess. If you I can, get, I, if you're cool enough. Yeah. I mean, it, and it depends on the kind of people you're hanging with too. I you guess I, I just guys don't think on that level. I mean, I've never thought no, of a long range bullying plan for anybody and no one's, you know, waged bullying war against me. That was some long range mental plan that was well thought out. But I don't know, man, like I'm petty at times, but like I'm just don't like that's too much energy. That's just I, Absolutely I can't. Absolutely, it is. It's way too much energy. And but that's I mean, women come up with with, with that kind of stuff all the time. I see it. And. Here's here's what I think is a problem. Pro, so let's, pro tip, by the way, yeah. if someone says they hate drama, they love they love drama. drama. That's right. You. <laughs> oh, I hate the drama. They're always in the middle of drama uh, because like Andy they, from the office. He loves the drama. Loves it. The nerd dog. Oh, Hold on, let God. me give you some ASMR. Oh, real quick. I missed him right now. Ah, there we go. That one didn't spill. Nice. You, right. you don't because well you didn't shake it first. Drinking a, an energy drink. Yeah, it, I had to go with the energy drink today. Early going, man. It's hard to get that energy up. But uh, you know, it's it's amazing to me because I I kind of we're talking about bullying here a little bit, and that's what we're kind of skimming the the surface on because that's what what'll be happening. And the thing about bullying, and I see a lot of anti-bullying campaigns. All right. Mm -hmm. And I'm always thinking to myself, this is a waste of freaking time, money and effort. Oh, God. Yeah. You're you're not helping the right people. So going after the bullies to try and stop bullying is never going to work. There is. I disagree on one level. How? Uh, On one level. Okay. Well, when a bully, let's, I'm going elementary school now, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I think that that's where you oh, it starts. I've seen that camp. I saw that campaign when my kids yeah. were little. So I think you, if you have a campaign that says we're against this and that you'll get in trouble if you do it, littler kids kind of might back off a little bit. Truly. I, I don't think there was as much at my kids' elementary level because there was so that campaign was new right when they were about that age. And they existed, I'm sure, but I didn't hear about it a lot. And all I, they were at a small elementary school in Illinois at the time. 
Yeah, I just don't think it was as prevalent. I'm not telling it didn't exist. It exists. Um, It'll exist yeah. like in a, a different form then. They'll just find another way to bully. Um, right. And kids will eventually figure it out that they're really empty threats. What, what What's going to happen? So you tell the principal and the principal tells your parents. Most times bullies' parents don't care about their kid bullying right. other kids. That's why they became bullies Where do you in the think first they get place. It from? Right. Yep. And that's how it started. Or those parents are bullies and they're mimicking behavior. So – what you need to do if there needs to be an effort for anything is to teach kids how to stand up to bullies because it's the one thing that bullies understand is that when you stand up to them, it stops. So like my dad taught me a lesson. So he caught me the one time he was working on a car outside. It was after school. I was in sixth grade and I had not hit puberty yet. So I was one of those like scrawny little sixth grade kids. And there was this eighth grade kid who was a big hulking dude who would just pound me every day. So my dad caught me the one time just running from the bus and running home like I was running straight in. My dad's like, what the hell are you doing? And so I explained the situation to my dad. And my dad, he's one of those manly men. All right. He decides, but he... Stick with me. This is a really good lesson. He decides he's going to teach me how to stand up to the bully. And he goes, you're going to stand up to that kid right now, and you're going to, you know, fight him. This will be the end of it. And I'm like, oh, no wait. I'm like, I'm going to get my. He wants you to fight him. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get my ass whooped, Dad. Like, no, no, no. And he goes, but that'll be the end of the bullying. So do you want to run every day, or are you going to stand up and fight? And I'm like, all right, um, maybe I'm going to run every day. That's what That was my thought. Because running away, I was faster than the other kid, you know, kept me from getting pounded on as much as, as he was pounding on me. So anyways, my dad said, well, then you got another choice. All right, you can fight him or you can fight me. My dad meant it. Okay, so now, <laughs> now I had a really hard choice to make. I wasn't really physically abused as a kid. I'm not trying to say that I was. All right. But now I had a choice to make. And in my sixth grade mind, I'm like, okay, I'd rather take on the eighth grade kid. So my dad walks me down to the kid's house, knocks on the door, explains the situation <laughs> to the dad of the bully. No shit. And the dad I of the, love it. The dad of the bully agrees, oh, my kid will come out and fight your kid. So <laughs> right there. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Right there on the front yard. I mean, on his lawn, it was go time, baby. We pay per view. <laughs> we want at it, and this is not a movie. So I will tell you this: I got my ass kicked. All right. I mean, I got beat up. However, I will say this as well: I caught him with a couple of shots. I mean, because when you're a guy and you're fighting another guy, all right, you're still going to catch some shots. People don't know right? how to fight though; they're just like swinging haymakers, and you're just yeah, like, you're yeah, going to get lucky once, or, like you said, once or twice. No, and, and my dad and my grandfather had always taught me like some boxing and stuff like that to kind of defend yourself, and you know, and they had taught me to use elbows, and you know, basically, Ooh, that's illegal. Yeah, <laughs> just on the amateur hey, level, nothing's illegal, right? And so, but anyways, I got some shots in. The kid had some blood coming from his nose after it was over, and that was the end of it. Now, it's not like anybody said, okay, that's the end of it now. You can't beat up my son anymore. My dad just took me home. My mom, you know, basically wiped off all my wounds, and I, I was scratched up and beaten up pretty bad. I had a black eye out of the whole thing, although I will tell you this, even though nothing was ever said about it, that kid never bothered me again. He never came my way I once. I cannot believe that parent was like, sure. Well, his Tell dad was like, well, yeah, let's go. Well, his dad was probably a bully, you know? His dad right. was a bit of a what asshat, dude. How, <laughs> however, I tell you, it's the best lesson I ever learned in my life. And because when, when I see bullying, I have no problem standing up to the bully because I might get my ass kicked. I understand that, okay? But I'm going to stand my ground, and then they're going to leave me the F alone. And so it was a good lesson to learn. And I think if you pour money and resources into teaching kids how to stand up for themselves – now we got something because well, in, a, in a different way, perhaps. Well, yeah, I, I'm not abdicating <laughs> violence. I'm not saying this right. was the, the, the absolute just greatest the solution. Now I, now we have to go. I have to know, Eric, have you been in fights? Like, did you, I never, get or I just never get had to get no physical fight. What usually happened was I would be, I was the rich, like rich. I would run away. Um, there was time that I got hit, but I never got to make a hit. Um, definitely like more verbal, like harassment and bullying, but it wasn't until I said something to a teacher and to that kid that it stopped and it never happened again. 
See now in and my day, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go old man. And back in my yeah. day, if you would have told a teacher or a parent that you were being bullied, my God, the bullying would be ten times worse. I, I mean, there would be kids coming out of the woodwork defending the bully. Well, my mom, ratting. oddly enough, my mom actually was. Uh, she would babysit um, and you know had ran a daycare, and one of the kids who bullied me at school was one of the kids from the daycare oh. at home. Mm-hmm. So I got nice. it every time. It was just like annoying. And then, so he stopped and then obviously he stopped going to the babysitting at my mom's house, but wow. You were I've lucky, never you know? been in a physical altercation in my life. And I'm yeah, lucky to have never that. been, I do. I'm an only child. No hair pulling once in seventh grade. <laughs> someone told me I can name her, but I, I won't. So-and-so wants to kick your ass. And I remember being afraid of her because she was bigger than me. And I remember thinking, why? I think I'd known her since kindergarten. And I think it was just a rumor. I used to be afraid of, like, you know, being outside before and after school because what if this girl walks up to me? And that Mm. never happened. And I don't have anyone who ever did that. I don't know. A lot of girls have been. They were intimidated by you, is what it was. What'd you say? They were intimidated by you. They were intimidated by you, which is why you never got in a fight. I was very little. I've had these <laughs> tattoos since fourth grade, so that's why I never been. There you fight. go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, Sarah. They they were just worried you were going to start a rumor about them being slutty. So I don't was... do that. <laughs> I heard she dances. Yeah, that was, that was always my, my my favorite too. If a girl didn't like another girl, and she would go up to a guy like in high school or college, point that girl out, and be like, "Oh, she's such a slut." And I, I was thinking to myself, like, "Wow, really? Like, great." Yeah. <laughs> that was like, have you seen the movie Big? Yes. When uh, yeah, so yeah. is like gets in the office for the first time, that guy goes. Say hi to her and she's yours. <laughs> you didn't yeah, understand. You didn't get it. <laughs> Love it. Okay. We'll we're stay gonna, away from her then. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to talk a, a little bit of football next and hard knocks and bring in Lon before we finish with the news. That is coming up next. All right. I've got something that I think is pretty cool to tell you about right now, and that is our partnership with Paul's Party. That's right. The Real Men Eat Plans podcast has teamed up with Paul's Party, a charity that funds FUN, and that's F-U-N, all capitalized, for kids with physical disabilities. Now, here's how it works. Just go to our website, realmaneatplants.com, and click on the link for our Paul's Party fundraiser. All through the month of August, we are splitting funds 50-50 with this awesome charity. Your contribution of 6 bucks will help pay for the costs of our very fine podcast, as well as raise some serious coin for Paul's party. Now, Paul was a great kid who passed away at the age of 15, but his mom wanted to remember him by having a party on the anniversary of his death to help raise money for local charities. Well, they ended up bringing in over $15,000, and with that, a new 501c3 was born. Paul's party does some amazing events like Paul Palooza, which is Sunday, August the 28th at the beautiful Wisconsin Brewing Company in Verona, Wisconsin. Yeah, there's going to be bands there all day long, great food, and some delicious Wisconsin Brewing Company beer. You got to like that. Now, I would like to present them a big, fat, oversized check with a generous donation courtesy of our podcast subscribers on that day. Again, just go to our podcast page on realmeneatplants.com or click on the link or go even to patreon.com and type Real Men Eat Plants into the search and give today. Thank you so much for your support and a special thanks to Kathy, Paul's mom, for making all of this possible. Yes, because we are real men. We talk about football. It's a football Friday on the podcast as we bring in our contributor, Lon Tremaine Woodcock, into the fold here today. And welcome back, Lon. By the way, his song, Honolulu Blue, climbing up the charts. The last that I saw on Billboard, he cracked the top 100, number 93 right right now on the Billboard charts. Yeah, for Honolulu Blue. Well, this is probably the last time we see Lon on the podcast. He's going to have his music career going. You can be too big time for us, Lon. What's the feedback that you got from Honolulu Blue? Are all the girls swooning right now? I mean, yeah, honestly, eat your heart out, Tiny Tim. You know, there's a 
new sheriff in town. <laughs> what was he doing? He was tiptoeing through the tulips with a ukulele, Absolutely. wasn't he? Yeah, Tiny Tim. What a reference that, that that you pulled out. And and I tell you what, I thought Eric, we we were having like a uh, a, a TikTok discussion, or maybe that's coming up. I forget how we do this in the uh, podcast universe because I've never watched TikTok videos before, and I finally have. And I thought you were going to bring up the fact that all my references are like really dated. So like I'll talk about <laughs> yeah, man. She's like she's as hot as like Salma Hayek, and everyone's like, who the hell's Salma Hayek? You I know, mean, or, she's hot. <laughs> you know, like um, I'll fuck I'll, with that. <laughs> I, I, it's so funny. Like look, in the restaurant business, I would bring up like a thing like, man, you know, on Happy Days, Fonzie used to, mm. and people are like, what the hell is that? And and maybe Lon, you you know, like some of my dated references. It's fine. You know, at my, some point, you just have to Arby's give up on trying to catch keep up with everything. So I that's don't have a lot of Dua Lipa references to go on, and a lot of TikTok influencer references to go by, and all of that. So I mean, like like the freshest thing I got is Better Call Saul, and I think you got to be forty or over to watch that show. Yeah, I it's mean, pretty not sad. that old. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> So, anyways, Lon, welcome on in. Yes. You are properly attired in your Lions Honolulu blue as well. We oh, yeah. we talked to you about Hard Knocks last week. Episode two is now out. What did you think about episode two of Hard Knocks and your Detroit Lions? So, I'm going to start off right away by saying, uh, oh boy, I love this. Uh, I love this theme of Dan Campbell seems to just be getting nuttier every episode. Like he is shining. That's He's the knocking futs, man. He is knocking <laughs> futs. Like I'm so down to see him just completely lose his mind, like Jack Nicholson by the end of this series. He, I, I was geeked because they showed the preview, and he just walks into the meeting room and just starts. All right, gentlemen, the first thing that's going to piss me right the beep off yeah. is beep, and he just starts swearing at him for like twenty seconds, and then goes. This is going to be fun, guys. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it is super manic. Now, a lot of the episode focused on this this theme that you didn't see in episode one. It's Detroit versus everybody. And they actually oh, yeah, have like they, they have signs around everywhere, and it says Detroit versus everybody, and everybody's got like this kind of mentality. And then they started showing like um, videos of like bands from the 70s, like doing like kid shows. And, you know, they were talking about how much they love their Detroit Tigers and Red Wings. And by the way, the Lions try hard. Hard too, you know. It's kind of like <laughs> it was in the no, song. Facts. Yeah, uh, and it's funny because when they brought that up, it wasn't even my intention. But I was watching this video, and it was, and I don't know why I do it to myself because I remember every single one of these games as if they were yesterday. And it's just like a 16 minute video of a guy talking about every time the Lions got dicked down by the refs. <laughs> <laughs> The refs. You know, yeah. yeah, you you know who talks about refs screwing them over? Losers. That's like a, it's a losing oh. culture. That's it's the, you know, all they ever talk about. The refs okay. screw. Yeah, but like everybody knows the lines are going to get screwed over. And the quote, the the funniest quote I ever heard. He's like, the "Lines getting screwed over by the refs is is is, is as expected as vomiting after chemotherapy." And the Lions have yeah. terminal cancer without oh. the mercy of actually ever dying. <laughs> like, just, that is well-crafted, whoever wrote that. That is that's perfect. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's a perfect summarization. Yeah, and uh, you know, there, there's a couple things I don't understand about Lions practice. One is the Lions play their games in a dome. All right, so that's at least eight or nine regular season football games that are going to be in a dome, plus they play in Minnesota. So that's another one that's a dome. And somewhere along the way, they're also going to play a game, I'm sure, in a different dome or in the south or something where the weather is controlled and nice. Yet, they're practicing outside in the heat. And I'm like, why the hell is a dome team even bothering to do this when the majority of their games are going to be in controlled environments? So... I, at first, like, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, okay, because I was like, maybe because, like, Middleton has a turf field. Maybe they got, like, some type of outside turf field like they do. Mm-hmm. Talking about a high school but, team. But I know, right? I know, yeah. <laughs> I know, why do they have that? But then Barry Sanders shows up. He's like, wow, the grass is actually good. I'm like, okay, they are playing on grass. They showed the same site. Okay, I guess they've been doing training camp there forever. They showed Barry Sanders on that same plot of land. The grass <laughs> was seriously brown 
and spotty when Barry Sanders was practicing there. I mean, it looked like an empty, like vacated lot. I was surprised there wasn't garbage strewn all over the place. It was ridiculous what they had. Barry Sanders, who might be the greatest running back, pure running back of all time, is practicing on dirt and patchy. You know like, what? That it was reminds awful. me of like semi-pro football. If you've ever seen a semi-pro football team, mm-hmm. like there's a, a few in the the Madison, Wisconsin area. And oh my God, there's there's usually one team that's like well funded and they'll like practice at a nice place, and then there's the other team that's like the underdog, and they're practicing like you said, just brown dirt and like don't have Nasty. really much money for equipment and stuff. And it's yeah, I mean, how do you put multi million dollar athletes on a surface like that? I mean, that was really stupid. One of Putting the cool their things I thought livelihood yeah. at risk. Yeah, they 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 brought John Brown in. So John Brown is a former Mr. Olympia, okay? And he's got to be pretty damn old now. He might be in his 60s, all right? Dude's still kind of ripped. He's not as big as he once was, like competition John Brown, but obviously he's ripped. Now, his sons play in the National Football League. There's uh, Amon St. Brown, who's on the Lions, and Equinemius St. Brown, who was on the Packers and is now on the Bears. So he's got two wide receiver sons that are in the NFL. I think Amon St. Brown is definitely the better and more accomplished of the two. Oh, yeah. And so, but it was it was kind of funny. So they, they were showing them training, and Amon St. Brown, they're talking to him, and he's pissed off that he was taken 112th overall. So he memorized, like, every wide receiver who was taken in front of him and what college that they went to. And I I was thinking to myself, yeah, so he's he's got a chip on his shoulder. But I think, like, sports, like athletes and stuff like that, they they manufacture these chips. Because if you think about it, he's the 112th best player in the world that was taken in the draft at that point. So he was the 112th best person on earth, not currently in the National Football League, who was taken. So you should well, you remember like, Deion wow, Sanders. That's great. What he did, you know, yeah. Deion Sanders well, like, talking to teams like, oh, well, I'm uh, that's not top five. Get the fuck out. They, they hold on to this stuff. Aaron Rodgers is still holding on to the fact that he was taken 24th overall. Um, Patrick Mahomes, when he played the Bears in Chicago, was pissed that he was taken. I think he was ninth overall and was mad that the Bears passed on him that year to take Mitch Trubisky, which was really stupid. Yeah. Uh, and, and totally, <laughs> in, in, in retrospect, it was. But he, he scored a touchdown where he ran it in, and he flashed nine fingers up that he was taken in the ninth round and the Bears could have had him. These guys hold on to this stuff forever. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, what, what's the problem here? I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes, are you sick of winning? Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it oh, no, you got Andy Reid as a coach? My God, what a horrible life. They still have chapped asses about uh, about this kind of stuff, and I guess maybe it motivates them. Um, I don't know. But the Lions are really trying to change the culture, you could tell. So Aaron Glenn, that used to play in the NFL and now is a coach, oh, yeah. uh, is the uh, uh, defensive coordinator, gave a speech about winning feeling. So he's talking about how they were in college, and he points like a guy out, and that guy was from like Ohio State, and he's like, well, how many games did you lose your senior year? And dude's like, we lost one game. And he goes, did you expect to win? And the guy's like, yeah, we woke up out of bed. We knew we were going to win that day. And so he pointed out a couple other guys, and he's like, we got to get that winning feeling. And that's because complacency matters when you get used to winning. And and losing is is a culture, and it seeps in, and it's like a cancer as well. And the Lions definitely are cancer filled. Lon, you know, brings that up. It's totally true. But the thing is, I don't think talking about winning and trying to psych yourself up is what makes you a winner. It's the little things that winners do, the process that makes them winners and champions, rather than just focusing on the end result. What they focus on is, I'm going to do this thing exactly right over and over. So, like, they, they, they talk about Tom Brady being an ass, and Aaron Rodgers has been on his receivers lately. If they mm-hmm. don't run a route precisely, I mean to a T, if it's supposed to be a nine-yard out and you run a ten-yard out, you are going to get ripped apart by Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Now, the thing is, that's what champions focus on. Those little things matter, and I don't know if the Lions, because we watch them in practice, we're seeing a lot of hard knocks. They don't show everything, but I don't know if they're necessarily worried about, did I run this route a half yard too deep or not? Because those are the little things that matter. Yeah, it's a bunch of, especially in football, it's always just the little inconsistencies that build up into one greater thing. And, you know, like you look at Jerry Rice, who was a natural leader, was so was such a great leader. You had Terrell Owens shut up for like 
<laughs> the better part of his career until he got sent away and look how that turned out. <laughs> but I, I agree. Like a lot of them are talk about winning and giving impassioned speeches. But the only thing I've really seen is Amon Ross St. Brown just I got to get my 200 catches in kind of stuff. That's good After, stuff. You know, so like, he does 202 catches because the guy yeah. that was doing 200, he wanted to go a little bit more than what the max was, and he does 202. And I know Joey takes 200 swings a day. My, my son is in the cage taking two. Maybe he needs to take 202. Um, so I, I kind of like that mentality. That's a process getting better mentality. When and, we, and, yeah, as yeah. a coach in, in track, what we tell the, the kids is every day, just like make one brick, focus on one thing that we were doing really well, and then make another brick the next day and another brick. And eventually you have this perfect wall of this foundation of all the stuff that you need to do well to be successful. And Absolutely. That's, Listen, that's what you're talking sure. about. Yeah, you, you want to get healthy. One healthy meal isn't going to make a difference. It's the process of doing it for every meal and every day that is what's going to make the difference in your life. Just like one hamburger isn't going to make you unhealthy, but eating burgers every day and going to a fast food place every day is going to make you unhealthy because that's the process that you're doing. And so, um, you know, I, I think the lines are kind of missing on that because I haven't seen process yet. And the third and last thing I, I want to say about hard knocks, and maybe it's the fourth thing. I don't even know what the hell I'm on anymore um <laughs> sports nicknames are some of the laziest freaking nicknames <laughs> of all time so there's a guy drafted by the lines in the sixth round a linebacker whose name is malcolm rodriguez his nickname rodrigo like, it, it, this is not a nickname all right it's just a, it's a shortening of a name that's not a real nickname like i think you need to like know guys so like in in the army my nickname was dookie Okay, and the reason why <laughs> no, shit. no, no, we weren't stupid in the podcast today. All right, so so you remember like like the band Green Day had a CD that came out at that time and was yeah. called Dookie. All right, right. so when Ooh. I played guitar and would sing because I, I do those kind of things, I kind of rocked back and forth when I would do it, and like the way that my eyes would come open like this, they thought I looked like Billy Joe Armstrong. And Billy Joe Armstrong from the band Green Day. And so they nicknamed me. They didn't nickname me Billy Joe or BJ. They nicknamed me Dookie because that was the album that was out. So I'd be passing through the quad or something, and I would just hear guys yelling, Dookie, Dookie. And that was <laughs> that was a nickname. That's how nicknames get born. You know, it, it's better than, than using somebody's name or last name and just yeah. shortening it. But that happens so often in sports, you know. It's like, Lon, man, your nickname is Lonnie. Like, Oh man, like, like, come on, let's let's be creative here. You know, I, I knew a guy named Taco who worked in the North Woods League. I'm like, oh, that's a cool nickname. How did you get that name, Taco? And I'm, I'm expecting some kind of story. And he's like, I, I like tacos. And I'm like, oh, hmm. uh, no, that, <laughs> it's still better that, than using his name, though. I guess the last like good sports nickname, and yeah, you got like, oh, Chef Curry. I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah, you right. got real creative. Yeah, yeah, right. The last interesting one was, like, Kobe Bean Bryant. And you're like, yeah, why is he nicknamed Bean? Right. And stuff like that. But you can feel the camaraderie in that. It's not just a, the killer or, you know, that kind of stuff. A lot of them, the too. Yeah. King yeah. James. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Rich, you have one that you like, uh, Big Stiffy. I was just going to say that. So William <laughs> Henderson, when I would do the William Henderson show, he was a fullback for the Packers, and his nickname was Big Stiffy. And how did he get that nickname? Yeah, it's exactly how you think that he would get that nickname. But that's the other thing in sports, too. They will go to, like, penis jokes and stuff like that as nicknames as well. There was a guy that used to play for the Bears, Otis Wilson, and his nickname back in the day was Anaconda. And the reason why he was called the Anaconda was because it was the largest <laughs> snake in the jungle. Yeah, so that was <laughs> I was doing a uh, I was doing a take for a commercial for a candy bar and just over accentuate everything and the director's like I love that take where did you get this from and I go pot roast and he's like pot roast and I'm like oh my bad Terrence pot roast Knighton okay he tackle for the Broncos and that got on the topic of his name's pot roast I'm like yeah this dude is like huge and he always he always said attributed that pot roast was the reason that he got so huge right. 
And so it'd be stuff like that. Pot roast is good. See, now I actually like too. So like we talk about the office sometimes. So Daryl Philbin's nickname is Mitta Raja. Okay. And, they, and, 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 and the lineage of it is cool. So they, they, they kind of break it down how he was called like Reege because his last name was Philbin for Reege's Philbin. So he was Regis yep. and Reege. And then it, it, it somehow got onto Roger and then eventually became Mitta Raja. And, you know, stuff like that is cool. Even, the Nard Dog's nickname. So Nard Dog's not that great of a nickname because his last name is Bernard. But the fact that he calls uh, Jim Big Tuna, okay, yeah, Big is, Tuna. It, is pretty good, okay? Eating yeah. tuna sandwiches or something like that. He became Big Tuna. At least there was something associated with it rather than his nickname being Jimbo, which I think is what happens with, like, sports teams. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the nickname. So Rodrigo, yeah, I thought, was really lazy. Yeah, just to punctuate that, the only one I can really think, because you always hear those over-accentuated nicknames like, yeah, The Killer and all the, the Great One and all. Yeah. The only one I can really agree with is uh, Beast Mode with Marshawn Lynch. I like that. Yeah. It, and you look at him run, that is Beast Mode. He, there was Absolutely. There a time from like t- mm, 2012 to 20... That's what I'm saying. Like he was on stop. He That's defined beast mode. beast mode. Absolutely. Okay. So. So yeah. Enough about hard knocks. I'm really happy today coming off of a, a Bears victory. It's a Bears victory. Friday. Yes, I know it's preseason. I don't give a rat's ass. I got a two brand new now? coach. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Bear down, baby. Um, <laughs> uh, the the only thing I want to say about that. So they did like a Monday night football game on a Thursday night on ESPN. That's how the game was. And they were actually like talking about the fact it was supposed to be like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. So if you don't know by now, they switched over to ESPN and they were supposed to be doing a dry run. But the broadcast that we got was Steve Levy still in the box with Lewis Riddick. And then they added Dan Orlovsky. Actually, I should say Lions legend Dan Orlovsky (laughs) into the mix as well. You, you you love you some Dan Orlovsky there a lot. I whenever I see Dan Orlovsky says gives his two cents on the didn't Dan Orlovsky run out of the back of the end zone in the Owen sixteen year because Jared Allen was hunting him down. He did. I don't want to hear Dan Orlovsky sucked at quarterback. I mean he wasn't good and and then they brought him back. Yeah, they brought him back like a decade later. I'm like no, I don't want to see this. Yeah, there there's something on YouTube too called the quarterback school and it's J T O Sullivan and he will break down pass by pass every quarterbacks throw in a game and it's interesting stuff because he's coming from an angle of having played quarterback but the thing is that JT O'Sullivan played bad quarterback like he wasn't good in the National Football League but he he critiques everything it's actually a, a like, pretty interesting like show Tony Romo is so fun yeah. to listen to but Tony just, Romo was good he yes. was, yeah he was good yeah. at football and um, I love that because and, and he's coming from a perspective too he could call the play before it happens because he looks at formation and he understands this guy's going to do on. this. This yeah. blitz is coming from here. Yep. Yeah. I think that's hands down. He is one of the best commentators that sports has had in a long time. Love listening to him. He's, yeah. He's so good. From Wisconsin, too, baby. He is. He that's is. true. Indeed. That's from Wisconsin, behind Burlington. the Cheddar Curtain. We're, we're all excited about that. So uh, I say that sometimes on the show, Behind the Cheddar Curtain. I didn't know that other people have ever said that. Have you heard this before, Eric? Anybody ever say behind the curtain? I mean, I haven't, curtain? but I also haven't, like, searched for it. To see yeah, it, so I, I didn't know it was a thing. So the guy we had on yesterday, Trevor Thomas from Inside Wisconsin, owns the domain rights to no BehindTheCheddarCurtain.com <laughs> and actually doesn't do anything with it, but he bought the domain from, like, uh, what what the hell was that thing that Danica Patrick used to be on where they would sell domains? GoDaddy. GoDaddy. Yeah. He bought it from GoDaddy. <laughs> he was talked into buying it, doesn't do anything with it, wow. and never I mean, heard anybody else it, say it. Right? Yeah, and here I am saying Behind the Cheddar Go Curtain. Go ahead and buy it. Let's go. <laughs> I know. I should get it off of him and do nothing with it as well because I don't know what the hell um, I would actually do with it. Okay, Lon, so uh, about football on the field, you're Detroit Lions played last week. Who did they play? Was it Cardinals? Uh, they played the Falcons. The Falcons. That was it. And ended up losing in that one. But how do you think your, your yeah. team looked in, in limited so, action? So I'll say this. Um, the first stringers, you know, they got the ball moving. You know, especially for like a first time out, they definitely were flowing pretty well. Um, obviously, I take a lot of this with a grain of salt because, you know, it's preseason and whatnot. And nobody wants to really get hurt. Um I'm a bit nervous about the running back position, mostly because I still got a be. bad take. Yeah. Not, I don't want to hate on Swift. I love Jamal Williams. Yeah, uh, you should. 
You're because welcome. I think that's why I wore the Joyke Bell jersey, the last great Joyke Bell. Back in my wow. dude. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He was a monster, but. The running back position's got me a little bit nervous because Swift, I just, I hope he's not injury prone. Like, what was his last name? The last guy we got? Yeah. But, um, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown's kicking, Hawk, Hawkinson's kicking, all that kind of stuff. It was awesome seeing Aiden Hutchinson drop what's his name in the backfield. That was hot. Mariota? Um, was it Marcus Mariota that he got? Uh, no, he got the running back. Oh, okay. He totally swam the dude and just sat, nice. dropped him in the backfield. Um, that being said, <laughs> when it came to the second and third stringers, and David Blow takes the field, <laughs> and he just kind of... Is that really his name? It's Blow, isn't it? No, it's... I'm pretty sure it's Blow. Pronounced B-L-O-U-G- Blow. He does Blow, but I, I, B-L-O-U-G-H, I thought it was Blow. No, he's It could blow. be Blow. So Blow is the lead? <laughs> And now they're talking about by the end of this week, Mason Rudolph could be a Detroit Lion. I go, oh, oh, lovely, yeah, 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 there we go, scraping the barrel. Speaking of quarterbacks, Eric, did you check out Jordan Love and his first game? How did how did Mister uh, Love do? So came into this whole thing thinking, all right, this is the most important preseason of his entire career so far. We want to see what he's got, and you know, it's kind of just more the same. Like you know, he missed some easy throws early on, which you kind of expect, and. I don't know. I came away kind of thinking, whatever, he's he's okay. Like, I wouldn't be – like, if another team had him that we were playing, I would not be nervous. I'd be like, okay, like, he's a young quarterback who's still trying to get his feet under him, and he has the running ability. Um, he He's a decent game manager right now, but he's not the future, uh, at least at this point. So I'm kind of just uh, – I'm, I'm lukewarm on him. I, I don't, like, hate the idea of having him if we need him, but I would not have a, you know, huge degree of confidence that if we needed to win a game with him. So, so I, I kind of just feel the same. If Aaron Rodgers goes down, I, I've actually heard this from, like, uh, national prognosticators and people that do it for a living. They're saying that the Packers are following a different script this year. Okay, so what the idea is behind uh, LeFleur and how he's going to do it, because they don't have very good wide receivers, and Aaron Rodgers has already said as much. I mean, he was all over mm-hmm. his wide receivers this That's week. That's so true. Yeah, and so they're saying so the it's Packers. their own creation. That did, you know, they, they did it, it themselves. Is. They, they have a very good defense, though, do the uh, Green Bay Packers, and they can run the ball. And what they're going to do, you're going to see a lot more Packers games yep. that are based on defense say. and running and then letting Aaron Rodgers win it in the fourth quarter by being Aaron Rodgers. Oh, this is like see, the the thought process behind everything, and I'm like, that's really? I don't want to have freaking that doesn't sound right. Be nervous the entire game right. waiting for Aaron Rodgers to make a comeback. Um, what I yeah. have heard though is you ex- you're going to expect to see more passes, you know, to the to the running backs. So mm-hmm. throwing out of the backfield, you know, and do it that way. So. I mean, when you, when you don't have – remember when the, the Packers had Ty Montgomery and they changed him from wide receiver to a running back? That was yep. so embarrassing. It was. So, I, it, yeah. <laughs> I, I just – I don't I, want it to be another one of those years where we're like, mm. I don't know what to do. Like, But reverse order, like I don't know what to do. I don't have any receivers, so we're going to make our running backs our receivers. And plus, like with uh, – coming from a Lions defensive standpoint, when we had like Madame Kinsu Get Eddie Lacy back. <laughs> oh, cheeseburger. Cheeseburger Eddie. Um – or like Khalil Mack on the Bears. Aaron Rodgers has always been like that king chess piece where if you can get him and like keep him down, it's over. You got this in the bag. Mm-hmm. Packer fans kind of crap their pants and go, oh, crap. Easier said like, than done, though. Yeah. That's so true because, you know, he's got a pretty decent Just break his collarbone line. and he's out for the year. There you go. Yeah, there you I go. I mean, Khalil Mack's a boss, so, I mean, what can you do? Well, he's gone now. But, <laughs> he's gone but, now. Yeah, he's always- he had one good game, and it was the first game that he had, and it was against the Packers. And, oh, by the way, the Bears lost that game because Aaron Rodgers came out at halftime hobbling out there to come back and, and beat the Bears in Matt Nagy's debut. Did you ever see his eyes after that? That was the funniest uh post-game interview I've ever seen. You can tell that dude was on something. His eyes, his pupils are like huge. It might have been Wyahuska. Isn't that the stuff that he's uh, taking now? 
Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't even know how to pronounce it. I don't know what the hell he's doing, but whatever he's doing, he's a really good quarterback. And uh, I expect oh. the Packers to be really good, whether it's uh, Rodgers or Love. I think they're definitely a lot better with Rodgers and their Super Bowl contender than they are with Jordan Love, who I don't think is all that great. I, I, I think Justin Fields is going to have a lot more upside to his career than Jordan Love. Yeah, I think you're correct about that. I And at least, my, my I, at least I hope you are. Yeah. So, all right, fellas, thank you so much. Lon, I love the outfit again. Um, Thanks, yeah, next week we might have to bring the ukulele back and um, see where Honolulu Blue is on the charts. So uh, <laughs> stick around. We're bringing Sarah Carlson back in for the news next. All right, time to tell you about Veg Reg. Yeah, VegReg.com helps you find plant-based restaurants and businesses in just one click. And if you are a vegan-friendly business, they can help you get found. If you're searching for healthy, cruelty-free meal options in your local area, VegReg is the perfect solution. Another great thing about VegReg, they have recipes. And when I say recipes, I mean real recipes. A Bacon Lover's BLT. Cookie Dough Protein Bites, Penne Arrabbiata, now that's the entree and not the character from The Sopranos, and even a vanilla bean, that's vanilla bean, he said, cheesecake, and they are all plant-based. You can also find Spotlight Vegan Businesses and more when you click on over to VegReg.com. I would say tell them that Rich sent you, but you know, it's a website and no one would hear you. That's VegReg.com. Welcome to Shilor Select. The whole system will be ready in a few minutes. Take your seat and enjoy. Everyone has a story that's built on thousands of hows, whys, and whats. Join myself, Chris Sheeler, as I dive into how people live their lives, why they do what they do, and what goes through their mind while they do it. If you love learning and what makes people tick, my podcast, Sheeler Select, has you covered. New episodes every Monday. Find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or just anywhere you get a podcast. She's a mom with vegetables. She's so delectable. The cows and pigs, she set them free. Can't you see? She's a hot chickpea. Veggie stew, just for you. Sit on down, there's these or two. It is time for Sarah Carlson and her world-famous news segment. Take it away, Dancing Sarah. World-famous. I love it. Well, it turns out a gross KFC Kentucky Fried Chicken video got rich on TikTok for the first time. Yes! I, I broke my cherry. I am <laughs> now someone who... <laughs> We're going to explain I what think it that's is what first. Gen so this, Z says. Okay, yeah, <laughs> this is a video posted by a KFC employee showing how the gravy is made. Mm -hmm. Many responding, I wish I never saw this. Others defending it a bit. It's interesting. So this is a worker from the UK posting under the name Cheddar 4.7, if you want to go look it up, showing the worker adding water to a container of what's known as crackling, which is basically the pieces of chicken that come off when they're cooked in the fryer. After frying it in, they add a packet of what looks like seasoned flour, and from there it's mixed, cooked, stirred, and then poured on those potatoes that so many KFC fans know and love. Now, keep in mind, have to say this, the video was made overseas. Who knows how it's made here? I guess it would be similar. TikTokers from around the world were weighing in, some saying... It's true. Many gravy recipes call for crackling, also known as drippings, depending on where you are. They do. Using yeah. Bits, yeah. Using bits of leftover meat to add flavor. I know that's why my mom makes me vegan gravy at Thanksgiving. So mm -hmm. this is just the latest TikToker to share some fast food secrets in the app. I guess back in June, it was Subway and something went viral about how the chain's tuna is made and also Chick-fil-A lemonade. I, I don't know. Yeah. 
But, Rich, you don't how was know- your TikTok experience? Oh, my goodness. You know, that was the first TikTok video I've ever seen. And all I was thinking to myself is, I don't know why anybody is surprised. But, um, Dude, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> this is... <laughs> This yeah. is how this is how stuff is made at fast food restaurants. Now, uh, my my background was in casual dining and fine dining, and I owned a restaurant. I was general manager of restaurant, district manager, stuff like that, and I worked in fine dining as well, which is a completely different restaurant experience than fast food. I went into that because there was actually more money in it to do district manager for that, and so I'm doing this and. You don't want to know what the hell goes on behind the scenes. Uh, you know, it's coming out more and more. But the stuff that you eat at fast food, I am telling you right now from someone who's worked in the industry, there is nothing good about it, period. Now, you might like the actual sugar and salt sodium rush that you get from it and all that fat and the way it sits on your stomach afterwards and you get into a food coma. But let me tell you, it is all gross. It is tremendously disgusting. It is full of tons of chemicals and crap. And that, you know, TikTok video wasn't the worst thing that I've seen no, at a fast not. food restaurant I'm or sorry. how things are made. It I, didn't even look I, gross to me when I, I watched have, it either. No. Pardon the language, but people who are like so grossed out and like, oh my God, I can't believe what I just saw. A bunch of fucking pussies. That's <laughs> like, how, how gravy's made. Can't say that on TV. Come on. That's how gravy's oh, made. You're fine. This so, is this is not. It's like I don't know. It, it's it, yeah. Arby's Go has gravy food. too. It's Arby's real. basically it's just that powder packet with water, with hot water. That that's all that it is. And we because fake. Yeah, bake it for thirty well, minutes and come out of it was gravy. They, yeah, exactly. It's frozen food. The cow. I don't. Everything is frozen. (laughs) Everything is gross. So what passes as like roast beef at a fast food restaurant? Let me tell you how that works too. Maybe you don't want to know, but maybe there should be a TikTok video about this. Okay. So at a meat processing plant, okay, when they start slicing up a dead cow, they'll take the best cuts first. So that's where you get like your fillets from and and what have you, your, your strip steaks, all that kind of crap. They eventually get to, like, brisket and stuff. But they have actual conveyors that will move, and so there's stuff that hits the floor. So the stuff that hits the floor is all the small pieces of cow. So the best pieces are up on top, and then they fall through, and you can make other things out of them. And then there's, like, a ground beef level that will hit that kind of stuff. And then there's the stuff that hits the floor. The stuff that hits the floor, that Sarah's already making a, a face, Eric is choking. I'm laughing. The, these little pieces of leftover cow that hit the floor that are also full of, like, you know, the, the, you know, the lips and assholes, the, the, the trite thing that everybody says. This hits the floor. They take this and ground it up. And then once they grind it up, they turn it into what's called pink slime. And pink slime happens when you actually, like, cook it. So you can't sell pink slime without it being cooked. So you can't buy, like, a raw hot dog. All hot dogs are pre-cooked. Um, so oh, so they weren't just being nice? No, no. no. So Because otherwise you'd get really sick. I mean, it's, it's just disgusting. These are, like, pieces of innards and intestines. I mean, anything that comes down all the way that hits the floor, they turn into pink slime. Now, what passes as roast beef at fast food places, that pink slime is injected into a mold. And then that mold is cooked and then flash frozen, and then it will come to a fast food place in a block. So it's not like you're getting roast beef like you might think like you get from a butcher where it's like a big piece usually of like rump roast or something like that. Rump roast comes from like the ass of the cow. Um, So basically it's this mold. Then they cook the mold, flash freeze the mold, send it to you. That mold uh, then gets defrosted and then reheated in an oven so that it's hot. And then it's sent to you. Um, either fresh off a slicer or off a microwave. This is how lunch meats are made, by the way, too. So when you get, like, turkey in a store and it's called turkey breast, it could have came from the turkey breast at one time, but it was little pieces that were then molded. Then they got to, you know, put dyes in it, things and flavorings. And, oh, my God, you don't want to know what that is. I mean, it's just... None of this, guys. Uh, my brother is, in Christ. What the hell is good? None of this surprises me, but I can't. Have you, many listeners can't see my face. The vegetarian who's not even consuming it. I'm kind of. I'm going to throw I, up. I'm worried well, about. Now, 
Yeah, I'm get this. So, like, all place. the lunch meats, like at Subway and stuff like. I mean, this this is where it comes from. And then the CDC. Hey, you could go there right now. You can go to the CDC.gov website. All right, and they list like carcinogens. All right, meat like that, like processed meat, is on the same level as cigarettes. As far as being a carcinogen, I think they call it a level five uh, carcinogen, which is like the top thing that could cause cancer is processed meat. And people eat it like crazy. People eat processed meats all the time. And that is how they are formed. It is one of the most disgusting things ever. So there's there's that saying people like the sausage, but they don't know want to they don't want to know how the sausage I is made. I thought that same yeah. phrase when I was yeah. talking about the show today. Yep. And that's and that was like that that TikTok video. Some people are grossed out by that. That's one of the least gross things I've seen Absolutely. come out of fast food. I didn't think that was that bad at all. Well, Rich, you win as far as the grossest thing. <laughs> that, that description. That description got me, but I'll tell you, I've, I've talked about my own personal experiences. I was a vegetarian. I was grossed out watching the turkey uh, being made on Thanksgiving. That's yeah. pretty gross, but what it's you just gross. gave me, you I'll, just, I'll, I'll do you one now better. Now I won't be hungry for lunch. Thank oh, you. Here we go. Do you know there is actually an allowable amount of rat hair and rat okay, feces la, 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 la. that are allowed in pink slime? That's a real thing. <laughs> because they, they, they know it can't be free of rat hair and rat feces. So there's a certain amount that's allowed in there, but it's it's cooked. I don't think you're going to get sick from it. Just know that it exists hmm. and it's in your food. I do love the argument, though, that people will make like, hey, I've never got E. coli from eating yeah. such mm -hmm. and such. And it's like, yeah, but the lettuce just comes from the ground. So that's a lot better than pink slime. <laughs> right. <so. laughs> yeah. It is. Good luck. It, yeah. Washing lettuce is better than eating pink slime. I agree. <clears throat> well, that's that's a good title for a book of something. There you right. go. Well, moving, on, <laughs> moving on in the news, boys. Here is an interesting one. I'm going to bully you over that called, one. Yeah. A restaurant <laughs> called Slutty Vegan. Yes. Hell yeah. Well, have you heard of this from making headlines? <laughs> yeah, speaking of pink, Pinky Cole from Slutty Vegan. I, I love yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, that's who it is. Slutty yeah. Vegan has gained national attention for fast, casual foods. Also, some community involvement. Pinky Cole is giving back. And these raunchy menu names. I went to their website. And so, <laughs> okay, it started out in Georgia, just so you know, where customers could order a one-night stand, Hollywood hooker, super slut. And and the list goes on. Gee, I nice. So, Hell, these names are because I'm a good girl. Not I, didn't want to say <laughs> I, I love that. Like Sarah's, like like you know, she's got a little bit of a tinkle in her eye or a twinkle in her eye. I mean, actually, and and she's giggling a little bit, like a like a, a, a sophomore or something. Because like, oh my right. God, look I what know. they call this. <laughs> It's pretty funny though. Like, anchor, for God's sake, I don't even you know. Wear the shirt. This so now the founder revealed she's leaving. Not leaving. Sorry, she's going to continue in Atlanta, but bringing the popular food to New York City in the spring. Hmm. So this is she's it's catchy. Late, it's a late night fast food option. So this chef and founder, and you knew Rich Pinky Cole, realized there weren't any options for people late at night who yeah. wanted vegan after 9 p.m. That was the key. So these sandwiches are made with Impossible Foods burger patties. I also saw on the menu there were uh, plant-based chicken options, and she plans to add many more fun names. But if you want fun, please go to that website. Um, I tell says, you what. That, yeah. I thought I could make vegan raunchy by calling it slutty, but it has nothing to do with sex. It's just a way to dial you in. Yeah. Once I have your, your attention, I can teach you That's anything. That's smart. Very smart. I mean, it how actually, many times have you been out, like, you know, uh, late covering a football game or at a football game, Sarah, and, you know, you're hungry at the end of the day. It's been a long day, and you just need something, and maybe you're, you know, downtown, and what are the options? Like Taco Bell, pizza, and then it's like if you had some slutty vegan, I would feel like that's a lot better of a decision, especially if it's like you're out drinking late at night, and you're like, well, let me do one good thing for my body before I go to bed. <laughs> I could totally see my kids doing it though too, just because of the name. Like, right? I'm gonna go through the drive-through for me, guys. And if you don't want any, that's fine because my son came home and ate. Actually, he get me some slutty movie. vegan tonight. So he, he was being healthy last night, but anyway. Yeah, well, I actually, so vegan. so I, I talk about being in, in the restaurant business. I had a idea with a gay friend of mine, uh, and his name is John. And he was telling, you know, he was he was a manager. I was a general manager at the time, and we thought about opening a like a chain of restaurants 
that was called the Man Cave, all right, that catered basically to gay people. So, and all of the names on the menu would have like double entendre names as well. So if you had like a sausage dish or a hot dog dish, I mean, pretty easy um, to do it that way. And the idea was like you would have guys that were servers and the guys would dress kind of like slutty, I guess, as far as guys can dress. And uh, then you would have like a big gay population come in, but also women, I would imagine, would be drawn to this if the guys are like, because our idea was every server had to be like really, you know, like well-toned, uh, you know. Like so just take guy. all the people who are unemployed that used to work at Abercrombie and say, There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and and throw it. them out there. And it was, it was called the, the Man Cave. So, uh, you know, Pinky Cole at least followed through on her vision for the, the slutty vegan. And, love it. Uh, you know, absolutely love it. Yeah. So wish I would have followed through. I think it's a million dollar idea or uh, that million dollar idea nowadays isn't worth that much oh yeah yeah. i think i read there were other cities she's taken it to she's gonna she's gonna do well yeah especially starting next in new york city after like kicking ass in atlanta that's really impressive all right our final story is about a new study linking iron deficiency to heart disease now oh oh, oh, wait wait wait, hold on a second before you go to the final story and i i know they they teach you you're not supposed to like do this on the air but i was thinking that when we're ready to go to a new story that maybe we should have like some kind of sound effect like they do on TV. So I was thinking when you're ready for a new story, you could somehow signal me, you know, maybe, you know, some kind of hand gesture or something like that. Oh, with a wave, I, you know, I was thinking maybe something better. And um, so anyways, <laughs> yeah, there you go. The, the, you're number one, Rich. And then we could play a sounder like this. And then we go to the Ooh. next story. What do you think? I, that makes me feel important. I'll take how about, it. How about this one? Ooh, that's like Damn. big news that's, that's coming stuff. down, right? So we got <laughs> we got crazy. this. That's the quickie, and then we got the big bang. What do you think? Did either one of these float in your boat? Either one. I like them both. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. we're ready. So so okay. Signal me, and I'll play the transition, and then we'll do the the next story. I'm not sure how I'm signaling, but I'm All right. just gonna wait. Anyway, you want to do it? Thumbs up. Here we go. Our next story is about a new study linking <laughs> iron deficiency to heart disease. Sorry, distracted. Did not even hear what you were saying. <laughs> Just... All right. All right. So hold on. I, I think she came out with I that thought... one because of like the news was the big news sounder. Let's do, let's do the other one. Now we go to our reporter in the field. <laughs> I needed to be like in my head making fun of someone. Right. Okay. okay. According Here... to a new study reported by thebeat.com, 10% of new heart disease cases that show up later in later middle, I'm messing up now because I'm trying to read like a. Hold dork. on, we'll, we'll we'll try it again. According to a new study reported <laughs> by TheBeat.com, ten percent of new heart disease cases that show up in later middle age as opposed to old age could be prevented simply by correcting an iron deficiency. Dun dun dun. So they're and they say like, should you take an iron that really supplement? That really wasn't a joke. Was it? <laughs> Get your iron. <laughs> there you go. Well, so this this impacts vegans because the question is, do we need something more, right? How much iron do you need? Rich probably has these memorized, but this is according to this article, and it was doctors and studies that it's eight milligrams for men, eighteen for women, and then more with pregnancy and breastfeeding. So, um, hold on. Uh-oh. I think being anemic, no. is that, I wonder if that They're yep. saying that symptoms, that's what it's from. The, sim- yeah. the problem is symptoms of iron deficiency can happen for other reasons. Like you can be tired. You can have uh, decreased appetite, irritability. I'm kind of going, huh, I feel like that sometimes. So you can have your blood tested and things that are good <laughs> for your daily diet. <clears throat> the following foods in your daily diet can help avoid <laughs> deficiency. <laughs> all right Lentil, the, hold on hold on, hold on. But before you before you start that list here we go all right following foods lentils chickpeas <laughs> beans seeds dried apricots figs and raisins tofu cashew nuts quinoa kale and fortified breakfast cereals i eat almost all of those things on a daily basis <laughs> 
I love the official news voice, Sarah. Is that how they taught you how to do it in college? Should it be really? No, I just made that up. I, it, again, I had a long day yesterday night. I just, it wasn't booze. It was just football. I love it. So oh, eat more plants is the message now. there. Yeah. Well, we'll all we'll all skedaddle as we got uh, fun weekends ahead of us. Remember, I, I tasked you guys out earlier in the week on Monday to go and do something really interesting and fun over the weekend. If you don't, I'm going to be really disappointed, and then we're going to have to play more annoying sound effects. So you don't want that. So make sure that you show up on Monday with something fun to talk about. For everybody else, please like us, subscribe to our podcast, and make sure that you give to Paul's Party and our podcast as well. You can go to realmeneatplants.com and click on the support button right there. And there you can find out all about our podcast, about us, our pretty pictures are there, all of that kind of good stuff. So everything that you want to do to connect to the show, you can do that. And you can uh, subscribe anywhere, anywhere at all that you get. Um, your podcast. So great show, guys. A lot of fun. Have an awesome weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Sip.